What's up, true believers? It's time again for another episode of Dreamslayer Studios RPG Podcast. It's Chris Tyner here, your friendly internet game master, and we are back once more with another exciting Savage Worlds adventure set in our home-brewed steampunk world entitled Avalon by Gaslight. Thanks, as always, for all the great feedback regarding our videos and podcast. Be sure to look up Dreamslayer Studios on Facebook and our channel on YouTube and join the ever-growing community. We always love hearing from you. Be sure and hit that subscribe button for all the upcoming adventures from Dreamslayer Studios. In this episode, the Knights of Victoria are given a new mission by Ichabod Crane to investigate a strange death on the Oxford University campus. The agents hop on board a carriage, listen to a tale of love by Bendigo Jack, but are interrupted in their travels by a wandering wayfarer in desperate need of help. The dangers of the roads of Avalon are explored in this adventure, so sit back, relax, and get lost in this episode entitled, On the Road to Oxford. Last episode, the Knights of Victoria succeeded in ridding South London of the Spider Plague that was unwittingly created by Antonia Black and commandeered by the creature known as Anansi. You have been met with much praise in the speed and efficiency in which you have completed your first mission. As a reminder, Henry, you received a cryptic note on the eve of your return from the mission, and Moira, you were awakened by a whispering disembodied voice calling your name. Antonia Black has been moved off-site as Dr. Jekyll and the Jones brothers continue to seek a cure for her disorder, and Peter, the chitin that you befriended during the mission has become a ward of the state in Moira's care for the time being. Before you begin your next mission, uh, is there anything you all want to do? I did have some unfinished business um, in wanting to speak to my mentor or confidant, the mm -hmm. clockwork priest. Yes. You can certainly go and visit him. Uh, he has a, uh, a church, that little small church that, uh, that he had purchased in central London uh, that you can visit him at. So you're welcome to do so if you like. I will go. So I, I will go and knock on the, the door and push it open, sort of tiptoe in. Presume I got a response to my message saying that I should come. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll approach him. Uh, you see him standing uh, in front of the, well, I should say kneeling in front of an altar there uh, in the small church. Uh, the church is older. It's a little dusty. Uh, he doesn't have a, a lot of patrons that come in, but he is kneeling in prayer in front of this altar that there's a large gear uh, in place of what we would normally figure to be a, a, a cross in a, in a Christian church, uh, but it has been replaced with a large gear here. Uh, and he finishes his, his morning prayer, uh, hears the door open behind him, uh, stands and turns and he sees you and he says, Oh, Charlie. Such a pleasure. It's been a little while. What brings you to my church this morning? Thank you for seeing me. Um, I should have come sooner. I, it's been a while, but I've been in training and, you know, very busy with 
my new comrades um, and on a mission that I don't know if you've heard about it, but we we had some scrapes and um, cleaned up some riffraff around town. But I've, I've been feeling troubled about my part in um, the destruction of some of the creatures that we faced in battle. You know, when I joined the Knights of Victoria, it was because I wanted to turn over a new leaf after my years of um, taking part in all sorts of um, mercenary mayhem and, and um, rebellions and uprisings and basically being a free agent for hire. Um, I wanted to do better. And I, I have qualms about the, the killings that we I, I don't know if I should use that word. They they were once men and became spider creatures, but I, I don't know if they deserved the deaths that we gave them. And I've been, I've had sleepless nights and twinges and night terrors, twinges in my arm that have kept me up concerned. And I, I thought you might have some some words of consolation or guidance, as you usually do. Yes, I, I understand. Um, those of us that are followers of the Book of Ex Machina, one of the cardinal rules of our beliefs is life in whatever form is precious. And you know this. I do. We here in Avalon, both mortal and clockwork, are essentially at war. We are in a time of war and a time of great discovery as well. And sadly, during times of war, one must think of the greater good. You belong now to an organization that is a key manipulator in that war. And it is for the betterment of Avalon, a country to which you have now pledged your allegiance. And as a soldier in that war, you must come to terms with the unfortunate side effects that must come along with being one of those soldiers on the forefront. Now, as a person of some faith, there is some regret that will come along with that. Now, I must ask you, these creatures that you faced, was there any other way? None that I know. What were these creatures, my dear? They were constructed from the mind of a chemist, a troubled soul, um, a troubled woman who was seeking a way out of the spell or um, malady that had been cast upon her. They were horrific 
former men who had become spider-like, filled with webbing, monstrous in appearance, and for the most part, seemingly irredeemable. And there's the word, my dear, irredeemable. It is a sad fact that certain creatures that have been released in this great cataclysm, unfortunately, there is very little that we can do to remedy the situation or rehabilitate individuals such as that. And while it may not be entirely by choice, you now are in a position of making a decision as to whether or not an individual like that can be rehabilitated or mercifully relieved of the curse that is upon them. I understand. Um, and you understand too that I see you where others might go to a human priest, um, a, a fully fleshed priest, um, because I feel with my arm, you understand me. And some out there would look upon me with my mechanical arm or um, Hieronymus, my, one of my companions um, in arms. As, as monsters, as ourselves irredeemable. So I continue to wrestle with this, but thank you for, thank you for the words that you have shared. I, I'll try to take that to heart. Be conscious of all that you face. You unfortunately are, have been put into the position of being a judge but judge fairly and judge honestly and judge based upon your morals. Follow your heart, my dear. You know deep down in your heart what is right and listen. Listen to your heart in those moments of, of choice. If there is some sort of um, gesture of, of thanks, if there's like a ex machina sort of a symbol that, that we share, then I would convey that to my clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suppose take my leave. I know he's busy. It's always a pleasure to see you, my dear. You're welcome here anytime. Thank you as always. And best wishes upon your travels, and I, I wish you safety. Okay. Anybody else have anything they want to follow up on? I have a quick thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, during our time in between uh, now and our last uh, battle, um, I have time to go back to Scotland and mm -hmm. pick up a couple of things, and I brought something back for everybody. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I brought everyone a hagstone, and these are for protection and for to give you sight. You can look through and see spirits or the fae, and you can hide them under your pillow at night 
to ward away um, nightmares if anyone has any problems with that. So I have one for everybody. Can you type all of that out for me and send it to me? And then I can add that to everybody's uh, character okay. sheets. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to, uh, I'll, I'll write it out. <clears throat> and then I have something for Peter as well as okay. a protection talisman. And this is uh, the sand from a Buddhist men a mandala that they created and then they destroy and uh, this is some of the sand and it is for protection for Peter. So I'm Thank gonna give that to him to wear as well. Thank you, Miss Moira. You're welcome, Peter. And for this time being right now, he will be in training uh, with the Knights of Victoria. Uh, who did I say he was going to be kind of, oh, uh, John Merrick. Merrick. He's going to be assisting John Merrick uh, for a little while, but hopefully by the time you return from your next mission, he might be available to accompany you from time to time. Anybody else? I'm involved in a long game of chess with McNeevy. With who? <laughs> My roommate, McVer McVer Oh, McVer right. McVer okay. okay. Yeah, he's with me and um, sort of helps out around the house, keeps an eye on things while I'm gone. So right, we've right. been we're in an epic game of chess for the last seven hours. Okay. At some point, I'm going to get some more information on him from you because I, I want to know a little bit more about his background. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, several weeks have passed at this point. Uh, you've had a few other little smaller missions individually, and now the group itself is being called together once again by your handler, Jack Dawkins. Uh, and you're called together in the boardroom for a briefing on a breaking case. And when you arrive, you see the familiar face of Jack Dawkins, who is accompanied by Ichabod Crane. Dawkins addresses your group. Pleasure to see you again, agents. As you can see, we have a special guest sitting in with us this morning. You've all had the pleasure of meeting Elder Ichabod Crane by now, I assume. Mr. Crane has come to me regarding a matter of personal importance, regarding an incident at his alma mater. I'll let him explain. Ichabod, who is uh, kind of rail thin uh, and uh, rather tall, uh, addresses the group and says, thank you, Mr. Dawkins. I." I was contacted early this morning by an old friend of mine, the librarian at Oxford University, um, Mr. Theodore Fable. It seems there was an unfortunate and unexplainable death that occurred on campus last night. A, a freshman student, a female, fell from the second floor of her dormitory and met her untimely end on the main lawn of the women's college. By all accounts, it seems as though the young woman was pushed through the window and fell to her death. Now, this would normally be a case that would be handled by local authorities if this were a simple cut-and-dry case of murder. However, it seems as though the cause of death was not from the impact. Upon close inspection, the victim's heart seems to have been violently removed from her person. My friend, Mr. Fable, 
is a former knight like yourselves and as such has maintained a certain amount of privileges on campus. He assisted local authorities in their initial investigation and has commandeered the body to the on-site morgue located on campus at the medical building. Now, Mr. Dawkins and I have arranged for one of our drivers to take you to Oxford this morning. Once you arrive, I would ask that you visit with Theodore so that he can walk you to the scene of the incident and fill you in on his findings. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is your next case. What would we like to do? Well, perhaps we should proceed to Oxford to investigate, shouldn't we? Is that right or no? <laughs> I Seems like a pretty good idea, mate. I feel like we should go to Oxford. Was it uh, Lady Margaret Hall? The college at Oxford, the all women's college. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. it sure was. It opened a few years ago in 1878. So I, I, I propose we go there and we figure out what's happened. All right. Now, uh, Ichabod did say that they've arranged a driver uh, to take you. And normally that is uh, anytime you guys need to exit the building, you usually head out the back of Parliament into the little alley that's behind there. And that's where your driver will meet you. So you ready to head out? Anything you want to grab beforehand? Nothing, nothing extraordinary yet, I don't think. Okay. Once you arrive uh, to the back of, of Parliament, you're met by your assigned driver. He's a lean, gruff man who appears to have shaved his hair by choice. Makes him look a little bit more like a badass. He's in a finely tailored black suit and stands next to the carriage with his arms crossed. He greets you with a slight smirk and introduces himself. Afternoon, lads, ladies. Name's Frank. I'll be your driver today. Heading to Oxford, are we? Now we've got about a four hour trip ahead of us. Hope you use the loo. Hop in and we'll get running. Um, and it's a large carriage that they've provided you. It's, uh, it's plenty of room to fit all five of you. Uh, Hieronymus, you've been told, uh, is still off on a private mission that he's been set, sent upon. And if that completes before the end of your mission, then he'll meet up with you at Oxford uh, in a day or so. Uh, leaving London, it's a brisk fall day but you begin your journey with clear skies on the horizon. You settle in and after some moments of awkward silence, uh, someone breaks the air. I have a question for you. Who would like to earn a Benny? Oh, Mike. Okay, that was the first hand I saw. So Mike, we are going to, let me see if I can figure this out. I'm gonna give, Let's take you to the road to Oxford here. We're gonna to go to a new screen. There you go. So there's Frank, your driver. And then Mike, I am going to deal you a card. You got a three of hearts. And the three of hearts means that you have a story that you're going to share with the group. Uh, and a heart means that you're going to uh, 
entertain the group with a tale of uh, a one one of your former lovers, uh, either a love lost, found, present, or waiting for you back home. I regret this already. <laughs> Details. So th- this carriage we're in, is it a mechanical carriage or is it horse-drawn? It is horse-drawn. Okay. Mm-hmm. The old-fashioned kind. Should I Shall I just begin? Yeah, you may begin when you're ready. It's a beautiful morning, don't you think? You know what? The smell of these horses, the sound of the carriage, the feel in the air, kind of reminds me of somebody. There was a girl I knew back down under. When I was a lad, did I ever tell you all about her? I don't no? think. No. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I don't talk about her much, but oh, she was something else. I have to tell you. I mean, this girl, she was the kind of person you'd meet and you wouldn't forget her. I'm trying to remember what her name was. <laughs> I mean, you remember a lot about her, but her name wasn't really that important. I just called her Mashila. Which was actually kind of ironic, because I think her name was Sheila. Which made it pretty (laughs) easy, too. So, you all know, I don't read and I don't write. I never really had my learning. But I can can read the bush. I can track an animal. Well, this girl was incredibly smart. I mean, she'd gone to all kinds of school. And she had all kinds of fancy degrees. And knew lots of stuff about medicine. And and I'm not talking about the slap a bit of mud on it and walk it off and you'll be all right. Go and walk about for a week or two. Now, I mean, she knew how to actually heal you. Whether you had a broken arm or a broken heart. And you've always heard about the one that gets away, right? Well, she didn't just get away. She hopped into the sack of a mama kangaroo and took off riding away like a joey. I went after her. See, we were romantic for a while. We went on walkabout together. Disappeared for about a month into the bush. It was just her and I. Wandering around finding little springs that we could swim in, tracking animals together, climbing rocks, and just enjoying nature and each other, if you know what I mean. But one day, I took my big stupid foot and I put it in my big ugly mouth. I told her that, you know what? I could see that I could make her my woman one day, and she'd spend the rest of her life with me, and that'd be just fine by me. Never even thought about asking her if that's what she wanted. I guess she realized that well, I had something to offer. It wasn't what she was really wanting. I think she wanted a man with a little more smarts. Somebody who'd seen a little bit more of the world than just the, you know, 50 kilometers around wherever it was they were born. And she told me that, unfortunately, our time together had come to an end. And I didn't really understand why. And she just left one night. We'd been out drinking. And I'll tell you what, this girl could drink. She could drink you under the table, on top of the table, on the side of the table, and leave you for dead. And she'd still go out and party. And then she'd get up in the morning, and she'd be reading a book. I'd never seen anything like it. So I went searching for her. And that's when I bumped into a couple of the, uh, the aboriginals. They were the blokes that lived there before we ever showed up. And I asked them if they'd seen Oh, you froze up a sec, Mike. Am I unfrozen? Now you're now you're good. Oh, I have an unstable connection. One moment, please. <laughs> Let me know when it unfreezes. Yeah, I think you're fine. Yeah. Right. 
Well, apparently, she was a part of their legends. They knew who she was. They knew all about her. They said that she came to them in their dreams. That she was a vision on the horizon. And sometimes they'd go off in search of her as well, for spiritual clarity, to answer questions about where they should be moving to next. And it made me wonder, did she ever really exist? Or was she just somebody in my mind as well? Somebody that I dreamt up, hoping that maybe one day I'd have a better life with a better person, somebody that would make me better as well. And I think that's part of the reason why I decided to get out from Australia and start going on walkabout overseas and why I came here. I think it's why I'm so drawn to the stories about love and loss and hope, I suppose. I'm hoping one day to still see her. And sometimes whenever I'm in a real way and I've had a couple of drinks and I may be itching for a fight, I see a smile. And I get that sweet smell of eucalyptus she always had in her hair. And I think, you know what, mate? You're better than this. You're not, but you should be. And I try to pack up my ego and maybe go home. And hope that one day when I walk through that door, she'll be sitting there waiting for me again. And I'll have the opportunity to apologize, show her some of my drawings, how I'm trying to learn me letters, trying to learn me numbers, read and write. And maybe I can uh, stimulate her brain like she stimulated my uh, adventurous side, if you know what I mean. Now, I don't even know why I'm telling you all about this. But if you ever go to sleep, or ever you see on the side of your vision the most beautiful girl you've ever seen, who looks like a beautiful sunrise on the beautiful red desert of the Northern Territory, well, you grab a hold of her and you let me know, because I've got a couple things to say. And it won't be pretty, but it'll be honest. So anyway... That's <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. These are tight quarters. <laughs> it's, so, the windows open. Windows. <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh my god, that was like brilliant. Jesus. It was like scripted. I don't know how you did that. Oh, it was just a sneeze, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the other bit I, I could control. I got a bit of the old bubble guts. <laughs> Everybody, roll a notice for me, please. No. <laughs> I really am sorry, guys. Um. So, how many of you got a six or above? I did. Okay. Might have, but I don't know where that would be. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, did I? Uh-huh. Okay. The, right, I <laughs> the carriage, as he, uh, as Bendigo is finishing his story, the carriage kind of begins to slow its pace just a little bit. And those of you that made the roll, uh, you hear off in the distance just the cries of a, of a woman in distress and Frank shouts back at you we got a situation up here mates what do you want me to do and if you look out the window uh, you can see kind of off in the distance a woman dressed in kind of everyday traveling clothes stumbling down the road to the south and she's waving frantically 
at your passing carriage. Um, she looks like she's clutching her side and it appears as though she is wounded as there is uh, some blood staining her dress where she is, uh, where she's grabbing at her side. Stop the carriage, mate. Yeah, I reckon we should stop. Uh, and the woman kind of rushes up to the carriage and she says, oh, oh, thank God, please. You have to help us, my my husband. He's hurt terribly. Our, our carriage was run off the road by a pack of large ravenous dogs. I've I've never seen the likes of them. Please, I, I beg of you, come quickly. My, my husband won't wake. All right, let's, let's go. I just right. open the door and get out and... I follow right behind. Okay. Frank uh, kind of catches you guys as you're getting out. He says, oh man, these, these poor souls were traveling down the wrong path. That road's been overgrown for some time. It's an old access road with lots of treacherous ground. Most folks from the area know to avoid it. Not safe for a carriage to be traveling, especially with wolves running around these parts. I know the area fairly well. You go on ahead, I'll circle back around the other side and meet you over there. We should be able to get the man to safety, but be on the lookout for wolves as you go. Will do. Thank you. Thank you, mate. The woman uh, seems to be getting along okay. Uh, you, know, you can see, like I said, she's kind of grasping this wound on the on her side, but she's moving all right. Uh, she seems to have made it, you know, pretty far little piece uh, to, to catch you all just at the right moment. Um, and she uh, just kind of says, please just come this way. It's just a little ways around. It took me a little while to get up here, but oh God, I hope those dogs aren't still around. You look at her wound and see if I can. Sure. Yeah. Do you have uh, a, a You've got science skill or medicine skill or anything like that? Healing. Healing? Okay. Yeah, that's good. You can take a look. She has a uh, kind of a gash. Uh, it's not real deep, but just deep enough to draw uh, blood on her side. It's not bleeding profusely, but, you know, she's put enough pressure on it where it seems to have staunched the, uh, the bleeding for now. So do I ascertain that she doesn't need any of my... Um, I mean, if you want to try to, to spend some time to help her, you can. Uh, she seems to be, though, more concerned about her husband. You know, she, she thanks you for your attention, uh, but she says, please, I, I think I'm okay. Let's, let's please, I'm just so worried about Luther. He's, he's in a bad way. I think he hit his head. And so you guys are coming down uh, this long country path. And it's kind of a long winding path. Uh, and as you can see, the autumn leaves are flowing through the air as you come down here. This path is definitely rocky and rough and overgrown. Uh, if they had been traveling on a carriage, they should not have taken this path uh, by any stretch of the means. Uh, she leads you down the road about a mile, and as you round a corner uh, of a large rock bluff, you can spot a carriage off in the distance. A pair of horses lay on the ground in front of it, unmoving. It appears as though it has run off the road from this distance. It looks like there's also a figure lying along the roadside as well uh, in front of the carriage. 
Um, and if you haven't figured it out yet, you can use your uh, uh, wheel on your mouse to scroll in and out to look at the map. Um, Mike, Deweese. Yeah. Do me a favor. Give me a faith roll real quick. Okay. Okay. You got a six? Uh, yes, I guess I did. All right. In your head, the three and one whispers a single word to you. And it says, Danger. Ah, thank you, Almighty. Shipmates, I, uh, we need we need to use caution. There's something is there's some something dangerous. The Almighty has spoken to me just now. Uh, what is your smarts? Uh, it just went up. It was a four. It's now a six. Okay. R- roll a notice. Two and a one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're on alert for sure. Uh, and just kind of keeping your eye out, you know, for anything uh, that's out there. Um, but right now, nothing kind of catches your attention. The rest of you roll a notice with a minus two. And if you click on, uh, I think if you click on notice, let me check something here. The box pops up. You can do situational yes, mod, right? Yes, you can do a situational mod. And then so if you put a minus two in there, it will subtract it for you. <laughs> Still managed to roll an eight. <laughs> Never going to get old. <laughs> I actually rolled a zero. That's a new one for me. Ooh, wow. All right. So if you guys uh, can move, Elsa has moved up to about this point right here. So put yourselves uh, close to Elsa down there. And on your rolls, did anybody else get um, a six or better? Yeah, I did. I got an eight. Oh yeah, nine. Okay, so those of you that succeeded on your rolls, Charlie, uh, we need to get you up with the group there. There you go. So those of you that succeeded, uh, Charlie and Bendigo, right? Okay, Bendigo off to your right, so on the left of the screen, you see something kind of shift a little bit behind those boulders that are off to your uh, to your right. Uh, and Charlie, in the shadow of the tree to your left, uh, you also see movement over there as well. I unsheath my boomerang. Okay. Do you still proceed forward? Uh, I'd like to take a step towards the rocks to see what it is that moved. All right. Go ahead and move over that way then. All right. So as you get around there, uh, you see a figure uh, hiding behind the rock. I say, (laughs) look alert, friends. There's movement. And as you say that, you, you... you see a figure uh, over here pop out behind the tree there as well. And as Elsa has been moving forward, uh, you see her husband who has been laying on the ground. He stands and gets up. And all three of these individuals 
are holding staffs. Uh, and I'll give you a little image of what these guys look like. From where I'm at, can I see that her mm-hmm. husband stood up? Yes, mm-hmm, you can. Well, from where you are, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is uh, the woman uh, that you've been following. She's got big hands. She does. <laughs> yeah. She reminds me of me, Sheila. And then this is the manner in which the other men are dressed. Uh, the men are dressed in long brown coats and tricorn hats, and they each carry either a staff that seems to be crackling with an electric energy or what looks to be a tricked-out shotgun. The two that are surrounding you guys both have uh, shotguns trained on you uh, as the body on the ground rises and picks up the staff lying next to him as he addresses you. And he says, right, no funny business now. Open up your pockets and satchels, and if you've got any weapons, lay them on the ground and nobody gets hurt. Elsa makes a move towards Father Mapple and attempts to grapple you. All right. And she got a one, so she did not succeed. (laughs) Um, So, but you see her reach out for you, Father Mm -hmm. Mapple. And uh, she pulls out a knife as she does so, but she's trying to grab a hold of your coat to try to drag you over to her. Okay. Uh, But she misses. So you're able to just dodge out of her way. All right. So at this point, Bendigo Jack has uh, the first move. Boy, they was faking it. All right. So I got this guy. He's got a shotgun on me. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, mate. Let's just calm down. We'll give you whatever you're looking for. But I'll tell you this. You start tussling with us, I reckon you're going to have a really bad day. Worse than the day we just started having. Can I take a step towards him? Sure, yeah. All right. Now, all I've got here is my fancy boomerang. So I'm going to hand it to you, and you can have it. Right? Right. Okay, so I'm going to reach my boomerang out to hand it to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you guys didn't know, I had little blades installed along the inside edge. All right, I, so he, I, he I kind of keep it turned so he doesn't he doesn't see the blades. Give me a, give me a persuasion check, please. Oh, I'm so screwed. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me look up real quick what my hindrance is for persuasion because I'm ugly. It is. A minus one. This isn't gonna go well. <laughs> I can hear it echo on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a four. Okay, no, that's that's good. That's good. So he reaches out, he grabs hold of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's on to you as to what you want to do with that. So I've got a hold of it and he's got a mm-hmm. hold of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know there's a blade there. That's so I'm going to just pull it as hard mm-hmm. as I can and down and onto his hand and try and open that hand up. Okay. To basically incapacitate it. All right. Give me a fighting roll and target your highway man. Okay. Let's see. Got the target. Select this guy. My fighting and. I have brawler and I can't figure out how to pull up what that gives me. Oh, uh, wait, there it is. Did you find um, it? Okay. 
Yeah, they increase their toughness by one and roll strength plus d4 when hitting with their fists or feet. So that wouldn't be this, would it? Nope. No. Uh -uh. Okay, it's just good old-fashioned fighting. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't get old. <laughs> it will. <laughs> okay, I got a seven. Okay. And then now on your boomerang, pull that up and roll damage. You still have him targeted, right? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yep. Ten. Okay. And for some reason it did not work. Okay, so ten. I think Kurt's having to explain why his computer keeps doing it. So that is a success and a raise. So you did two uh, wounds to him. He is incapacitated. Yeah. I love me new boomerang. All right. So he is he's out of the fight at this point. Uh, then we go to uh, the highwayman. Uh, so the guy that's underneath the tree over here did not see what happened. Uh, and from the vantage point where the other guy is, he didn't either. Uh, but surprisingly, one there's another guy that just happened to pop up. And he starts to move in, uh, let's see here, to just behind the highwayman here. And he's going to go ahead and make a quick roll to increase his running speed. And that gives him five extra, so he's able to rush in. He's got the uh, stick, uh, and he's going to take a swing at you with that. Ooh, and he got a six. Uh, what's your parry? Uh, it is a seven. Okay, so he takes a swing, and it just goes uh, over your head just by about an inch. Uh, it just kind of whiffs your hat. It actually knocks your hat off. Oi! Um, and then we're going to go to this highwayman who is just kind of moving towards you guys at this point uh, to come up to Father Mapple uh, and says... Right, if you got any weapons, cough it up right now. And he's still unaware of kind of what's going on behind the rock over there. <clears throat> and Henry, you're up. Oh, did we lose Henry? No, it looks like we did. He says, gotta go. Oh, no, they have a COVID situation in the family, and he has to figure out school and work stuff. Oh, tomorrow. crap. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. All right, so we'll skip Henry and go to Lady Moira. Do I see this dude in the bushes over here? Is he hidden pretty well? Uh, no, you can spot him now. Okay. I'm going to pull out my fancy new uh, spider bite daggers. Mm. And... Oh, For those of you that were unaware, Dana fashioned a pair of daggers out of the uh, pinchers of Anansi. It's fancy. That's badass. <laughs> Poison. All right. Is this like a big tree? Is it like a tiny bush? It's it's a it's a larger <laughs> tree. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm gonna. I don't know how close I need to get, but I'm gonna um, just be prepared for him to attack. I guess. Yeah, so yeah you can you can move hurt. over there towards him. Okay. I'm climbing through the tree or not? Okay. 
think I'm just going to pull out my daggers. I'm going to say, stand down and call off your men. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get right next to him so you can attack him, or are you staying far enough away where you're not in his reach? I would like to stay a little bit away. Okay. All right. So you won't be able to attack him where you are with those knives. Right. Okay. Uh, So you're going to then roll. Uh, You don't have intimidation, right? Nope, but I have pretty good persuasion. You, you can roll persuasion. That, that'll be okay. I'll try to do that. Okay, so you got an eight. That definitely, he kind of takes a hesitant step back from you at this point, and he's kind of contemplating what it is that he needs to do here. Um... And then we're going to go to Father Mapple. So this highwayman that's kind of in front of me, or just just slightly mm-hmm. to the side of me, mm-hmm. um, he's just asked me for my weapon. Yes. And so I'll ignore that and really just kind of take the, the butt end of my harpoon and just try to, like, whap him with it. Okay. Uh, target him. And then uh, go to your weapon in gear, and then click on that, and then roll your attack, which is uh, the fighting, I believe. Yeah, it says athletics here, but that's... Oh, athletics. Yeah, it should be fighting, yeah. Okay. And it was athletics. I wonder why. We might have to adjust that. But... We'll use that because that was a pretty good little hit. So that's uh, with a raise. So we'll click to roll damage. If you want to click that on the uh, screen over there on the chat screen where it says Highwayman Raise, uh-huh. click oh, so that. Click that instead of the damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's two wounds plus shaken. All right. So he is out. You got him. All right, so, so you hit him, it catches him right on his chin, and he just flips over backwards and lands with a splat. And he is out cold. Wicked bugger. And then we'll go to uh, Elsa at this point. You just uh, attacked her man. So she's going to try to give you a good little slice with her knife. And got a two and missed. <laughs> She's not real good with those, apparently. Uh, So, again, she takes another swipe this time uh, and misses you completely. Uh, And then we're going to move to Charlie. Okay. So I see the highwayman to Mm -hmm. my left in the tree. And I'm going to try to throw an exploding cannon in his direction. Okay. I should probably move out of the way, right? Yeah, you can't though. She, uh, <laughs> you've already made your move. Can I? Can I? I can push her head down with much. She's very short, and yep. I'm very tall. Yep. So we're fine. And I can just push her head down, and then. <laughs> you know, the thing I'm actually sending there. I'm trying to figure out what's the difference in in your terminology between the weighted mini cannon and the mini lobbing grenade. Mm -hmm. Is the grenade exploding and the cannon is just a heavy ball? 
Uh, yes. Okay. So I think I'm sending the um, grenade. Okay. Yeah, and that's a medium blast template, which is right there. So that's not going to hit Moira. She's just out of it. As long as yeah. you hit him. Yeah. A critical failure will mean that it, it will probably catch at least Moira. Oh, that's a 10. That's a good hit. Uh, now, make sure that you select the highwayman. Now, click on the same weapon uh, and roll damage. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 36 points of damage. <laughs> the tree and how the is now. So you lob that grenade and he <laughs> sees it coming and he drops his shotgun and he's like, oh shit, and catches it. <laughs> in his hands <laughs> and it just he looks down at it and he looks up at you and it just goes Poof! and just in a red mist oh my God. just explodes uh and the tree topples over <laughs> uh not on you guys it it, it uh, ends up over uh just uh just up from where you guys are but yeah so, Charlie, did you get over your worrying about killing people? <laughs> I'm already drafting the telegram to the clockwork priest. You're going to have to make it second. I think so. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> 36 points of damage. Woo. Wow. <laughs> um, and with that... <laughs> Okay, so Elsa begin. Uh, let's see. Does it bring us back around? Okay, yeah, it brings us back around to Bendigo. All right, so Bendigo, you're up. Okay, so I've still got this bloke in front of me, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Have we seen anything else? Did we hear the boom? Oh, yeah, the, you definitely heard and, the boom and the squelch. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Mate, I think you guys might have pissed off one of my colleagues. Uh, are you really wanting to go forward with any more of this, or do you reckon we might just want to call it a day? Okay, persuasion again, or intimidation if you have it. <laughs> um, I don't think I do. I actually haven't even upgraded my character, so I need oh, okay. to do that too. Yeah. Um, okay, so persuasion, and I think I have what minus two on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, critical failure. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> you just you fart in his general direction <laughs> I don't even think you get any of that out it's just a wet wet <laughs> fart say <laughs> mate <laughs> that ex explosion literally just scared the shit out of you <laughs> um, okay and then so Lady Moira Back what a you. waste of a turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess there's just the one guy left over by Bendigo that we know of, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody else. Um, that is correct. You, from your vantage point, you, yeah, you okay. might see that Bendigo Jack is uh, talking to someone over there, possibly. All right. 
can I can just wait a minute. I can just walk over there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I'll do that. I'm trying to move. Sorry. And just make okay. sure you're staying within your pace, and if you have to run, then you have to roll an extra die to do that. So you've moved one, two, three, four at that point. And my pace, I think, is pace is six. So. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. So five, six, that could get you to. Whoops. Too far. Three, four, five, six. Okay. Right? And then if you want to roll a D6, uh, you can add to that. And I think on your sheet, you should see um, under pace, there's a six next to you, the six. Uh, that's under your pace and that's a roll running die you can roll that and then that'll give you extra spaces that you can move so you move three more which would actually get you one if you leap over that rock to three that would put you right where you need to be so like yep right in there uh, yep is that fine where i'm at uh you would need to go right in here can you see where i'm at Yeah. There you go. How about that? That'll do it. Mm -hmm. Tiny video game. Okay. Uh, Bendigo, why don't you go take care of your problem? And I've got my (laughs) weapons out. (laughs) (laughs) You just ran through that cloud. (laughs) Probably changed his pants. Um, I guess I'm just going to. Can I move and I can run, move and attack all at once? Yes. Like, can I do yeah. all uh, of Yeah, you can still okay. attack. Yeah. Now yeah, it's I, it's at a minus two uh, for the attack here because I ran. So I put a blast uh, area there for uh, Mike's fart. <laughs> right. I ran right into the middle. Right of it. in it. Yep. <laughs> Oh, we were outside. What did you I need to figure out for my advancement how to weaponize that. <laughs> so we need to talk. <laughs> okay, so you're going to make an attack then? Yeah. With? Um, well, I've got my spider bite. Okay. So go to select targets up in that upper left corner and target your highwayman. So do I click on him? And you click on him, yeah. Looks and like I you got him selected. Got the little arrows. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then okay. now if you go to your uh, sheet and then click on your daggers. And then click fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, that looks pretty good. Yep, that's a hit. So now in the chat bar, it says Lady Moira hit. Uh, and click that again to roll damage. Okay. Damage. There we go. So he is now shaken. Oh, good. So am I. (laughs) And you'll note that it placed uh, a little token on uh, on his figure there, and it shows that he is shaken. Oh, I see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and then after you, we go to Father Mapple. Since I just knocked that guy out, mm-hmm. I think I'll just kind of like 
continue that motion and then try to kind of sweep Elsa's legs out from under her. Like, okay. I don't necessarily want to hurt her. I just want to yeah. strain her and so we can talk to her later. Sure. Yep. Just uh, select target. Target Elsa. And then just a fighting roll or the, the, no, the weapon. Right? Yeah, your weapon. Mm-hmm. Yep. That looks like a winner there. Oh, no, it's actually, it's a miss on Elsa. Okay, yeah, because of her parry. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. So you swing uh, and she just kind of just hops up in the air uh, and she is next. So she is going to run the fuck away from you. <laughs> Uh, but she's exiting out of your fighting range, so you get a free hit on her. So you can continue that around and make another swipe if you like before she escapes from you. Okay. Well, yeah. Since she um, jumped over the last one, I think I'll just try to hit her, like, in the stomach or whatever. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, <laughs> still didn't. And so this would be considered a free attack. Uh, it's a single attack, unaltered by other edges or combat options. Okay, withdrawing from melee. Let me look that up just real quick because it's the first time that's happened. Make sure we're doing that right. Yeah, there's no penalties to that. So what did you what did you roll that time? A three? Okay, so it was a miss too. Okay, all right. So she starts to book it out of there. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, actually, she's going to run to the horse. <laughs> three, four, five, six. Who actually also get has, during the process of this, gotten up. They've trained the horses. <laughs> uh, and she attempts to mount the horse. Uh, so I'm going to have her roll in athletics real quick just to make sure that she's going to be able to hop up there. Or actually, we'll do a riding for her. Just see how quick she can get up there. Yeah, so she's able to get up on the horse at this point. Uh, and then we'll go to Charlie. Hmm. Well, I'm going to try to run to the horse mm-hmm. and and um, grab hold of it. Mm-hmm. Stop her from her escape. Okay. That's a little bit beyond your uh, pace. So if you pull up your character sheet and hit the running die, that'll give you a couple yeah. extra spaces. Just That's use another grenade. What'd you say, Mike? I said just use another grenade. Yeah, that worked out really well last time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horse, man. <laughs> the horse is a horse, of course. It's a criminal horse. <laughs> Where is running? Uh, it's under pace. Okay. So you've got two things there, Charlie. You've got a, two sixes there, uh, and then one that's in actually a full square. If you hit that, then that's your running die. So you get one extra. That'll get you close enough to the horse from where, oh, did you hit it again? I think I double clicked it. Okay, yeah, just a single click. So the first one you rolled was a one, but all you needed was seven to get there. So uh, that'll put you right where you need to be to to get at the horse. So if you see where I'm at right here, that'll put you right there. Okay, so I'm going to um, 
is this horse bridled? I would assume it's got some gear on it because mm -hmm. it was attached to a carriage. Yes, correct. So I'm going to grab the um, whatever is encumbering the horse, the bridle, the the stuff, the straps, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know, try to sweet talk it. Okay. Um, what's the animal handling is the thing or not? Hey, whoa. <laughs> Horse persuasion is a skill I should have boosted before this game. Oh, right. <laughs> you just never know. Uh, you don't have riding. No. Okay, so yeah, uh, persuasion would be fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a city girl. Let's see. So I am targeting the horse. Did I target the horse? Yep. Okay. And all you need is a four. Holy crap. Eleven. I am the horse whisperer. <laughs> you are. All right, so you grab hold of the horse, and it kind of bucks just a moment because Elsa's really trying to get it to spur forward. Uh, but you've locked eyes with it, uh, and something within you, it, it recognizes a gentleness within you. Uh, and you've got its attention and it's paying attention to you and not paying attention to Elsa. Easy, uh, easy, girl. And then we're going to go back again to uh, Bendigo Jack. Okay, so I'm not going to try to talk to this guy anymore. Mm -hmm. So he's still, he's shaking, right? He's shaking, right. Okay. I just want to try to knock him out. I just want to punch him. Okay. So that would be... Just a regular fighting. This regular old fighting, but I have brawler, mm -hmm. so that's going to give me increases their toughness by plus one in strength when hitting with fists. Does that add anything? They increase their toughness by one and roll strength plus d4, d4 when hitting, when with, hitting their with their fists. Okay, okay. So if I hit fighting, do I need to add anything to this? Um, no, not for not for the actual punch. Okay, no, that's just for damage. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's oh, I forgot the target. That's all right. That's a definite hit. Uh, and now you'll roll damage. Okay. And is that where I add the D4? Yep. Okay. So fighting. So what do I do? It's a D10, so I hit that. Is your fighting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I do a plus, a D4. Mm -hmm. A critical failure. I got an eight, but it says plus critical two, failure because I rolled one. a one. Okay, something didn't work out then. I have a joker plus two. Did I have a joker card or something? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I see. All right. So no, that's not a critical failure. Okay. Um, you got a five plus two, and then a, we're going to roll a D four. Then on top of that, I'll roll that for you. Okay. So that was another three. So cool. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's a ten. Okay. So your plan was to just knock him out. Yeah, I just want to punch him in the face. I'm pretty embarrassed from the last time when I tried to persuade <laughs> him, persuade him to put his stuff down. So. Okay, so that he's shaken, so he takes one wound. Okay. 
All right. So he, he's got one wound. He's still shaken, uh, not completely out yet. And then we'll go to Moira. Okay. Guess I'm gonna... Is he standing up? He is still standing, yes. Okay. I guess I'll... I guess I will slash. I, I don't think I want to... Uh, maybe I'll stab him. I'll just stab him. I'll just stab him. <laughs> Fighting, rolling. Oh. Oh. No good there. That's a miss. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Father Mapple. Um, I make my way down. Oops. Make my way down. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six next to Elsa since mm-hmm. I missed her twice <laughs> and um, really just tried to do, to do the same thing I'll just um, rather than use the harpoon I'll just try to grab her shoulders and like restrain her that way okay and now she is up on the horse so that oh, she's would on be, the horse. yeah that would be pulling her down off the horse but you could do that I will do that yeah um, so would that just be fighting yep mm-hmm. and that was an eight and her parry is a six. So yeah, you got her. Uh, you're able to pull her down off the horse. <clears throat> okay, and I just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to knock her out or anything, but I kind of like slam her down to the ground. Sure. Yep, you get her down on the ground. Um, and then we're going to the highwayman. We're gonna see if he can get unshaken. We're gonna roll for that. And he does not get unshaken. Uh, I think I'm not uh, going to spend a Benny. I'm not going to waste a Benny. Uh, so he, he remains shaken for the time being. Elsa, it's her turn. So she's going to try to uh, escape from you. Uh, what's your strength? Is eight, isn't it? I think so. Okay, yep. Yeah, nope. You've got a good hold on her. And Charlie. Um, Father Mapple, do you need any help with Elsa? Um, no, I, I I think I've got her, but maybe get get the horse out of the picture or, you know, secure the horse. Right. I'm not too concerned about, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to do anything with the highwaymen at a long distance. So, <laughs> 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 and I'm having a moment with this horse where uh-huh. we're actually really... Really yeah, communicating, can, yeah. Connected yeah. the the earth, the planet, all living creatures. So, I might just gently lead it over to the tree and see mm-hmm. if I can tie it up there. Sure. Yeah, you can do that. We'll bring him over there if you want to pull yourself down there next to him. Uh-huh. And then we roll back around to Bendigo. Okay, we're gonna try to knock this guy out one more time. But what I want to do is, I'm actually going to get him in a headlock because he's shaken. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna hold him down to my behind as I <laughs> as I punch him in the face. Okay. So I'm gonna get him like this, and then punch him into my my uh, gas. Okay. So, <laughs> so is that a, I guess that's a fighting. Yep, that's fighting. All right, let's do this. You got him selected. Oh no! That's do you want right. me to select him real quick? No, it's all right. Okay. 
uh, he, he's not going to be able to do much. So, yeah. Okay, so you've got him. Now you'll roll damage. Okay. Fighting. And then for this, I because it's Brawler, I do a plus D4. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I said I just hold his nose at it the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, you pull him back around and just fart right on his head, and he just slumps <laughs> and passes out. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> All right, so uh, Moira, then that would come back to you. She's going to run away. Time. Okay, run away. <laughs> I think I started running away when I realized what he was doing. <laughs> I don't know how to drag myself. How do you drag your character on the map? <clears throat> And Elsa realizes at this point that she is hopelessly outnumbered. Uh, and so she says, enough, enough, I give, I give. Well, I think we must at least present you to the authorities, unless you have some reason why we shouldn't. <laughs> well, obviously there's not much I can do, but if... If if you let me go, <laughs> I could. Um, uh, how about this? You, you take all of our weapons. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we'll we'll take what is useful to us, but I, I don't know that that's a deal. But you know, perhaps you come with us, and when we get to our destination, we'll we'll hand you over. She really doesn't have any choice in the matter at this point. <laughs> so unwillingly, she uh, she succumbs to uh, to your wishes. Yes. Um, Do you? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to ask if if there's anything that I would be able to know through my streetwise edge about whether she's part of whether they are part of a larger gang that we should be aware of, or if they're just randos on the, on the highway. Yeah, roll a streetwise. It is an edge. I don't know if it's listed. Oh, okay, gotcha. Skill, but... Uh, common knowledge, then, is what you're going to roll, and that, that you'll add a plus two to that. So if you go to traits and go to common knowledge... Okay. And click on common knowledge, and then... Uh, under situational mod, hit plus two, and then roll. Do I have to type plus two? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh. Okay. Oh my God, you're rolling crazy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these men, the way that they're dressed, is definitely a gang that is, it's not common within London itself but they are notorious uh, along the streets that lead throughout Avalon, throughout England. Uh, and, and they are called the highwaymen. Uh, and their main purpose is exactly what you see here, is setting traps uh, for traveling wayfarers uh, in order to rob them of their goods. Okay. 
and you have su successfully thwarted this particular faction <laughs> in their attempt. Ah, uh, the highwaymen. I'll say that. <laughs> and everybody knows. <laughs> so, yes, just so you know, they all are carrying these different weapons. Uh, you've got um, two guys with shotguns and three of them uh, that have the electro staff type items uh and those are just kind of hanging out there so if you want one <laughs> you can take one do any of their long coats have any kind of like armor buffs or anything like that uh yes actually they do because mm -hmm. i would love to have one of those jackets and mm -hmm. one of their staffs sure okay are we cool stealing from these people then <clears throat> Um, I mean, or th this disarming them as you know. found out in your last mission, there is mm -hmm. something that the Knights of Victoria have as kind of common practice and that's spoils of war. So you can take it for now. Once you get back to the Athenium, you would have to register that with uh, the Knights of Victoria. And if they deem it as not being, dangerous enough to be out on the streets if if you wish to keep it you can write up a requisition form and then you could be allowed to keep it you know upon your return but for now you're on the road what whatever you've got with you if you want to use it you can certainly use it while you have it okay i want to grab a staff and i want to take the coat of the first guy that i uh, sliced up with my boomerang gotcha because okay. that would look great with my my hat do you okay. guys think I should get a whip? Do you think that'd be cool? <laughs> Might be I'm, cool. I'm thinking about it. It'd give me some reach. Yeah. Okay, so one of the cool things about this is that I can actually just grab the electro staff from the bad guy and just place it in your ear. Yeah. So now you have an electro staff. That is and cool. then you also wanted the thick coat, correct? Yes, please. All right, now you have a thick coat. Okay, when I clicked on it, it says it does not have a skill. Would I like to use one? Uh, yes, and I, that was something that I forgot to put in on that, so you'll use fighting for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is going to be pretty good. Okay, anybody else want anything? Let's see. Uh, I don't. Just, I thought about this for you, Mike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You have your uh, harpoon, right? Yeah. If you took one of those electro staffs mm -hmm. and then had, um, say, Charlie oh. tinker with it, yeah, you could combine that with your harpoon. Oh, I think that's an excellent idea. Char Charlie, would you mind helping me out with that? No problem. Excellent. Right. So I've dropped one into your gear there mike oh i see and again the skill that it should be associated with is is going to be fighting fighting mm -hmm. i have repair am i able to roll a repair to kind of give her some boost when she starts doing that uh -huh. yep you sure can mm -hmm. okay you want anybody else want anything um can we search them for money or is that bad too <laughs> There's a moral conundrum, probably, in that. But uh, okay, I didn't know if that fell under spoils of war or not. Keep 
robbing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the one Wait, guy that's misty isn't going to miss anything because he's literally in the wind. That's true. So we can check and see if they've stolen anything of importance. Probably that's probably yeah. Good like idea. in the carriage or mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to go through the carriage and see okay. if there's anything of value there. Yeah, uh, let's see, Father Mapple, you're the closest right now. Do me a favor and roll a notice. Oh yeah, I'm noticing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Coming from inside, you hear just this faint <laughs> whimpering sound. Is it a puppy? <laughs> uh, it's something. There's 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 something in the carriage that's alive. Let's, uh, can, if, do I need to keep a hold of Elsa? Is she going to run off or, or yeah. Um, you guys, or something? You, you guys can probably figure out a way to restrain her. That's, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. Um, then I'll, I'll get up and kind of like open the carriage door with, you know, from a distance if I can with mm-hmm. the, the harpoon and, sure. and, and peer yeah. inside. Well, on the floor of the carriage, uh, you see you see a dog with bright red fur, like crimson red fur, um, and he's bound by a chain. He has long, kind of pointy ears and a long snout, and is about the size of a golden retriever. Boy, uh, I've never seen such a thing. And he looks up at you with these just sad, weepy little eyes. Aww. Hey, mate. You look like a... A little little scratch between the ears. Alrighty. And then I'll show you what he looks like. Does he look like a giant fox? Feeling about this. I'll think I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) He's got little stripes on his fur. uh, And... Mike, as you're moving over towards him, he kind of starts to wag his tail just a little bit, but he's he's a little emaciated. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of like pet him and, and check him out and kind of love on him a little bit. Yeah, he kind of perks up at your touch uh, for sure, um, and kind of tries to reach up and lick your face a little bit, but the chain, unfortunately, is kind of holding him down pretty tight. Um, would it is is the chain just wrapped around something? Is it something we can loosen? Uh, you could certainly try. Um, I would like to try that. Okay. Uh, there is a padlock uh, that uh, is is uh, attached to the collar. We search. Uh, well, actually, I'll uh, ask Elsa. Elsa, um, where's how do we, how do we unlock this animal? She takes a big sigh. <laughs> she says, "There's a key in in the pocket of my of my skirt." Um, Would you like right. me to get it, Father Mapple? Uh, please. Careful, she's oh. tricky. I think she'll be all right. Which pocket, ma'am? Here on my right. Right. Do I need to roll anything for this, or can no, I? Uh, you can just get it. Perfect. <clears throat> Fish around in there for a little while until I find it. There you are. There you go, father. Oh. 
All right. So you put the key in the lock and turn it. And as you do, the thing glows, the lock glows blue. And it makes that little kind of kind of sound. It's not electrical, but it's kind of hard to tell exactly what that was. But as soon as it does, it unlocks and the dog leaps forward at you uh, with these big paws and almost pushes you to the ground and then just starts oh. just licking your face and just breathing heavily just <laughs> he's really excited mike you were pretty close to him right the dog uh looks over at you and just disappears and then all of a sudden he's on top of you <laughs> and pushes you to the ground he teleports about 10 feet over uh, and has got you now and is just licking you f furiously. <laughs> Boy, mate. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Uh, oh, I love you too, you big gooba. Dana, once you see that happen, uh, I need for you to roll. Do you have a cult? Uh, I think so. <clears throat> Am I looking at edges or? Uh, should be skills. Arcane background. Arcane background. Yeah. Arcane I background. You, I thought you had a cult. Does anybody have a cult? Nope. No, I don't. No. Mm, okay. I have. Well, no. I guess you have I magic know. fencing, right? Oh. Have what? Don't you have a, something that lets you? Sense. I have object reading. Uh, I, I mean, dog's okay. an object, but... With, with your particular arcane background, um, I'm going to have you roll a common knowledge, but at a minus two. So if you pull up your character sheet and click on common knowledge, uh, it, and under situational mod, just hit a minus two. Ooh, that's good. What's your total there? Six? Okay, that's good. Yeah. So mm -hmm. with your knowledge of Celtic uh, lore, you think that you recognize what this dog actually might be. And it's uh, a mythical creature called a blink dog. Blink? Uh, B-L-I-N-K. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Blink dog. dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that it has the powers of teleportation, uh, and it also has kind of a spirit sense. Ah. So I'm going to walk over to it, wherever it is. Is mm -hmm. it on Bendigo over here? Yeah, uh, it's so, on Bendigo. Yeah, oh, just... he's a good boy. Yeah, you're a good boy, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you got stinky breath. Oh, you ought to get hungry, aren't you, mate? Yeah, we're going to have to get you something yummy to eat, aren't we? Oh, you <laughs> I try to lick the dog back. <laughs> Guys, this is a very, very special creature. I think we need to take it back to base. If it'll come with us. We oh, might yeah. Need to bring I oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets up off of Mike and then <laughs> teleports over to you, Dana, uh, and jumps up on your shoulders uh, in an attempt to try to lick you as well. This is just by his actions he seems like a puppy he's he's not very old uh he's he's full of energy and and vinegar 
uh, and uh, is just happy to number one be free uh, and actually kind of experience nice people for a change. <clears throat> Can I roll a survival and try and scrounge up some food around here to give him? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you said he looks kind of emaciated, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. There we go. It wasn't a very good roll. I got a four. <laughs> All right, well, with that, oh, actually, that's with your Joker. I need to take us out of the, the battle sequence, but uh, we can subtract that, too. Uh, so, yeah, really, with that, unfortunately, you're not able to find anything here in the immediate area that uh, that would be edible for, for him. You find some berries, but that'll probably just give him the shits. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate, I don't think you need to have what I got. <laughs> so I'm just going to sit and eat the berries. <laughs> <laughs> So to uh, the other highwaymen that, that uh, are not missed in the wind uh, are starting to kind of come to, uh, and you're able to kind of gather them up a bit and, and kind of get them restrained. Uh, and you see far up on the hill where Frank has pulled the, the carriage up uh, for you guys. Um, and you're able to kind of herd these guys up that way and Frank sees you coming and he says well see we've got some extra passengers eh yeah no? just a few we need to get these to the nearest constable's station yeah. not enough room in this carriage how's theirs uh, seems to be in good order yeah turns out they never actually crashed it the whole thing was just fake any of you have any experience driving a carriage? I do not. I mean, okay. I can probably ride a horse. Do you have ride? No. Ooh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you do it unskilled. Okay. Um, so that's a D4? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what uh, do I do? Just... I, I think it's a D4 minus two, I think. Yeah, it's not good. Mm-hmm. How do I roll just a D4? Well, you can just do the unskilled. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Hey. Oh. There you go. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Okay, so yeah, you'll be able to uh, to hitch the horse back up to the carriage and, and put these guys on there and then get them where they need to go. Now, since you're traveling to Oxford at this point, you'll need to drop them off at the local constabulatory. And we can make that trip, no problem with that roll. You guys all pile on the other uh, carriage with Frank. Bendigo takes the uh, other guys and you guys ride into town into Oxford. Um, the dog in the carriage with us? Yeah, the dog's with you guys. Yep. Okay. yep. I call shotgun. And actually, I'm just offering Frank one of the shotguns that we picked up. Okay. All right. Did, did any of you guys want any of the other weapons? I mean, I'll take a shotgun if we got an extra one. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <clears throat> I won't say no to that. I don't have shooting, so I think I might be more of a danger I than anything else. I've got marksmen, so it makes sense to grab it. I have shooting, so I might as well take a shotgun. Okay. Yeah, there's an extra one, so yeah. Okay, you guys should both have those now. 
Okay, cool. Energized plasma shotgun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, they didn't even get, get around get around to those off. Shooting plus two damage. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, that's because I have shooting. So this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys are able to make it into town, uh, and then I'll just kind of get you there, and then we can call an end uh, to tonight's uh, little adventure, and then pick up. Uh, the next time so you guys arrive in oxford about four o'clock in the afternoon most of the classes are letting out around this time and the streets are filled with students heading back to their dorms after a long day at school the vast majority of the students are male but in recent years the female population has increased once the doors to the school were open to the fairer sex the students are easily recognizable the men are dressed in navy blue sport coats and gray slacks and the ladies wear ankle length gray skirts with a white blouse and a navy blue vest. They all have patches on their jackets and vests denoting their school of study within Oxford. Occasionally you'll spot a professor here or there who wear the traditional black robes of and an old fashioned powdered wig, toting stacks of books and papers. The library is centrally located on campus and Frank will drop you off in front of the building. There you go, chums. I'll run on up ahead to the uh, Burlington house where we'll be staying. Rooms will be set by the time you get there. Just up around the corner, you can't miss it. There's a walkway bridge that connects the two buildings above the street. Nice place. I'll see you this evening. I'll be at the bar. Uh, and you are standing in front of the main Oxford Library, which is called the Bodleian Library, and it's the main research library and legal depository. It houses over three million printed items accessible to both students and to the public, and is one of the oldest libraries in Europe. It's a large building that looms over the area with traditional English Gothic architectural style, and the two large doors uh, are two large arched doors of the main entrance have the emblems of each of Oxford's individual colleges embedded into them. Uh, and so now standing at the gates of the Bodleian library, that's where we'll call an end to tonight's little adventure. Uh, Bendigo, you will have had a, plenty of time to drop these guys off, explain to the authorities, you know, exactly what had happened and uh drop them off and and they take them in to uh to process as far as the dog goes obviously he's not going to be allowed <laughs> in the building um you could either send him off with frank for the time being or uh if one of you wants to stay outside the building uh, and, and stay with him while the others go in to speak with uh, Theodore, uh, you can do that as well. And you don't have to decide that right now, but we'll have to figure that out before next session. So now you got a doggy. This is the greatest <laughs> night ever. <laughs>